Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Good morning, Life in the Sun. Well, I know Jen made that ominous uh, announcement this morning due to the nature of today's message. Okay, so again, if you have children 12 or under, I don't really see any out here. So we just wanted to make sure that you are, again, provided that opportunity. Uh, So here we go, right? What are we going to talk about? So what is this ominous message about today? Well, if we go to our next slide... I would like to call this more about selfless intimacy. The thing that we're going to discuss today is obviously what's on everybody's mind, but we really don't want to talk about it. We discuss it in our homes. We discuss it privately with our friends. We discuss it in school, you know, with the the other kids. And we have our own options, our own opinions, our own attitudes about uh, the subject matter. But the reality is, is that this is probably one of the biggest areas that we can get ourselves into trouble. But it is also the area where we can really have a revelation about why. And I'd like to just start with uh, the attitude of heart that everything obviously starts and ends with the love of God. And many times what we end up running into in this area is we are simply trying to satisfy something biological, but really it's a spiritual issue. Amen? Okay, so we're going to go into our scripture reading next, and we're going to highlight today's uh, main verse, which is, comes out of the book of Ephesians. We've been covering this in this series uh, about selflessness. And the Apostle Paul here in verses 3 through 14, we're going to cover. So let's go ahead and just uh, read along with God's word. Amen. So let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such such sins, it's like, you know, she said, she. but but, okay, anyway, I won't go there. Okay, (laughs) I have no place among God's people. It's better if I read it here. It's too small over there. Okay, so obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them or the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead and Christ will rise on you. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you this morning and we just lay this subject out before you, Lord God. I lay myself out before you as a servant, Lord, let my 
the words that I speak not be my own, but Lord, let them be from the heart that you have for your people. We, Father, we pray for the hearts and minds in this house tonight that the, the ground has been prepared and they came expecting you to speak, Father. And speak your word gently, speak your word powerfully, Lord God, and speak your word lovingly to each individual in this house tonight, today, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. All right, so the next thing I want to discuss is uh, let's, let's take a look and see what the picture of the world looks like when it comes to love. Because we want to look at man's view of intimacy. We want to see how first we got it wrong, how first we may have stumbled into something that is not quite what we thought it would be. So with the next picture that I'm going to put up, it kind of displays how we end up viewing love. (laughs) Amen? (laughs) We first think love is pure, as it should be, but then we fall in love. And we find out that, wait a minute, when I become intimate with somebody, it could hurt. Amen? And if we're really in love, obviously the example up there is kind of humorous. But why do we look at love this way? You know, why do we look at love as, you know, I don't know, anybody from my generation, the song Nazareth, Love Hurts? We've heard that one, right? Some of us might have cried ourselves to sleep with that song. I don't know, but not me. I wouldn't do that. (laughs) But the bottom line is the effects of worldly love can end up really hurting us. I mean really hurting us. Because we end up moving in a direction that we think is going to satisfy what is in us. And rightfully so, because we really have no knowledge many times as we move into this area of our life. And for some of us, especially if we're Christians, uh, young Christians, we may not have really built a deep foundation of God's love in our heart. So we're still, you know, it's like in the meantime, I've got to fill this need. In the meantime, while I'm learning about God, I've got to do this. And if we don't know God, then this is an area that we're just going to run right into thinking, hey, you know, I, I watched the latest romance movie and I'm going to do it the way they do it. Come on. Right? right? I'm going to fall the way they fell. You know, it's acceptable. It's even profitable, even if my heart ends up looking like the one on the right. It's worth it because then I get what I need. But here's something I want to put into your heart and mind. We're talking about selfless love, right? So switch it. Switch the attitude that I just was speaking about, about uh, worldly love, and switch it to God. Because God's love is sacrificial. So in in a sense, he's already teaching us what it does mean to have a right relationship with those that are around us. So if we are in love, if we are truly in a God-centered relationship in marriage, our love might look like that. But it's not painful. It's sacrificial. It's different in its attitude and its delivery and also in its reception. 
Because if we follow what God has given to us, he gives us a heart of purity. And he gives us a heart that is willing to sacrifice for that other person, even if our heart ends up looking like that. Because that's what Jesus did. Amen? He pierced, he let his heart be pierced by our sins so that we could be free. So I want to encourage you, I want to excite you today to hold out for what God wants for you individually. Even if you've messed up, even if you've blown it, even if you have sacrificed for the wrong reason, hold out for what God has for you. Amen? Because otherwise, we're going to just follow the same footsteps. We're going to follow the same stumbling, and we're going to follow the same issues that got us to where we may have gotten hurt. So we're going to have some quotes that, are, that I'm going to show. And some of these quotes, they're sad, but they're a result of what happens when we do not. So we see uh, three quotes that we have. I found these on the internet. I just, you know, I went looking for some stuff that would be appropriate for today. But how many of us can really identify with some of these statements? We hear them all the time. These are excuses that we give to ourselves and to others to really allow ourselves to do what we know we shouldn't do. So let's read them. Bad boys ain't no good, but good boys ain't no fun. How many of us have been the bad boy? Trying to reach out to somebody that wanted to have some fun. How many of us have been on the other side of it, willing to sacrifice what we have to be with that bad boy, to get what we need? I want someone to need me. Is that so bad? Well, if it stumbles and falls into a life that uh, is going to cause you heartache and pain, then yes, you need to answer that question in the affirmative. It is bad. Your need isn't bad, but the way that we end up trying to solve that need is where we need an adjustment, where we need a revelation from God. The last one, we refuse to see how bad something is until it completely destroys us. Why? Because we hold out. We think, nope, just one more. Nope, this is going to work. This is really going to help me. This is, nope, I'm not like everybody else. I don't care about the statistics. (laughs) I'm not going to fall prey to what everybody says is going to go wrong. I know, I've been there. I've done things. We've all done things. We've all stumbled. Obviously, I mean, we're all sinners sitting in here. We've all been redeemed by the blood of Christ, I pray. And we know that there's certain things that we had to step up and walk away from. But what are the areas where the enemy has still got shackles on you? Where is he holding you hostage? Where is he holding you captive? Which areas do you know are wrong, but you have, uh, there's fear of letting go because of what other people might think or what other people might say? But none of that is worth it in the end if you still have a heart that has been pierced over so many times that it's numb and you don't even know how to feel anymore. Amen? So we, the, the bottom line is, is with this, we end up compromising. Amen? 
We end up compromising what we believe in. We end up compromising maybe what we've been told. Ah, there it is. Okay, Proverbs 2017. Stolen bread tastes sweet, but it ends up turning into gravel in your mouth. So with God's design, we want to try to make sure that the life that God has given to us is going to manifest itself in us. And by manifesting itself in us through the Holy Spirit, through our willingness, through our repentance, we don't have to walk in any of this. Amen? So, because we are his children, there are certain things that he wants to provide to us. And the the next scripture that I want to bring up is out of Galatians 4, verse 6. Let's go ahead and read it. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. See, what Paul is talking about there is this, this response, the response, Abba. What it is a picture of is a young child in its mother's arms or its father's arms, in this case, and it looks up at its, at its father and it says, wow, I know you love me and I love you. Abba means many different things in the context of what we're discussing here today because this is the beginning of us understanding why we search for things that are never going to please us, but we think they will, the temptations that we answer in our heart. Because God is, is looking for us to respond this way once we get to know him. But if we don't have that knowledge yet, that's when I said we're going to end up compromising. We're going to end up falling. We're going to end up stumbling into things that will, uh, will hurt us. So the rule here is with, the, with Abba is love first starts with our relationship with God. This is where we truly begin to understand love. And let me just put a plug in here for, uh, you know, we're talking about selfless love. We talked about relationships, uh, you know, uh, marriage relationships, these kinds of things. This is what takes place in a home that God has set up between husband and wife. And those children should already be able to see God's love between husband and wife. Amen. So when they're growing up, they're understanding what love is. They're seeing it uh, displayed out before them. They are learning God's love, maybe even before they know him personally. So they know, and it's being built, and it's being uh, placed in their heart in such a way that they can have a visual and be able to respond in a way that is going to be pleasing to God. But we all know that the human flesh is always going to get in the way. It's always going to have a potential. So when we look at our kids and what they go through, we think that it's going to all work out because we live in a Christian home. But the reality is, is it it never works out. It doesn't always seem to go the way we want it to go. We think once God steps into our home, wow, you know, We're all going to be cleansed. We're all, you know, it's like everybody, you come to my house and you'll see everything perfect. But it's not going it, to, it, it just doesn't happen that way. 
And, and I think many of us end up kind of disillusioned uh, when we're dealing with situations in our own homes and we don't understand why it's happening. And, it, and it's kind of, you know, twofold because each instance that we have of failure, each point of uh, contention in our home is not meant to be met with judgment. It's supposed to be met with grace and mercy and love. And this is what pulls uh, people up out of the mire, and it allows God to be able to continue the process. Is it easy? Absolutely not. Because we want to make hard and fast rules, and there's a very small amount of relationship that is actually going on through that process. And that's why this verse right here is so powerful, because it establishes how we teach, it establishes how we help others grow, and it establishes the purpose that God has given to us, even within our own home. Amen? So the next scripture that I have is out of Ephesians 5. It's the same chapter that we're reading today, but it is further down, and it says... As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So this establishes the boundaries that God has laid for us on what relationships are for, what sex is for. Anything outside of this, God has called it out of bounds. And when we put ourselves out of bounds, we put ourselves in harm's way. We end up, like it said in, the, in Proverbs, we think that that stolen bread is going to taste good, but it doesn't. It ends up being very, very, very painful if we don't do it the right way. Now, there is a, uh, I will give a disclaimer, obviously, because if we're not believers and we're not following after Christ, then the discipline of the Lord isn't always going to be on somebody. If they're not being drawn, if they're not being led into the uh, relationship with God, and you may see a, a relationship uh, in the world, or you may know of people that, well, hey, they've been married for a long time. They're not, or let me rephrase, they may be living together, and they may be very happy. They may be committed to one another, but neither one of them know God. Neither one of them have uh, any understanding of that what they're doing is wrong. Could be in any relationship. But the reality is, and that's why I want to give this disclaimer, is that the discipline of God only begins to fall on those who have claimed to know him and have been saved by him. And it's for a purpose. Because the purpose of coming to know Christ is God then goes on a mission. He wants to turn you into the image of his son. So that you can display the glory to the world around you and show others what the love of Christ looks like. Okay, but can we be stubborn in the process? Amen. We really can. It's like, I'm not going, God. I want to do this my way. 
And we can sing that song, right? My way. Okay. But the reality, again, is, is that this is a warning. You know, today is a day that we want to set people free from believing that my way is a good way. Amen? Today is a day that you can understand the truth, and therefore the truth can set you free. Amen? And like I said, it's based on the heart of need on both sides. But it also reveals the, the basic way that God made both men and women. Because men are, are wired as, uh, you know, how did I say it the other day? I was talking about this. We're, we're task-oriented, right? You know, we see a, a, somebody that we like, and it's like, oh, I already got my, my to-do list of what I need to do to, because, I, you know, this is the one. So, okay, let me get out my list. I got to do this. I got to do that. And what if that list doesn't work? Man, I'm not wooing her. She's refusing me, you know? So what do I end up doing? Okay, I'll say the L word. If I say the L word, then I'll get what I want, right? But the heart isn't there. And you're being duped into thinking that something has come that has not. And the same thing for you girls on the other side you're thinking, man, all this stuff is, I, I like this guy. He's awesome. He's the most best thing since sliced bread. But the reality is he's, he, keeps, he keeps pressing himself on me. He keeps, you know, saying, hey, come on. You know, it's, it's okay. Let's, let's go ahead and do this. And she is so in need of love. She's, in so, she's so in need of validation and acceptance. Somebody to say, like we had up on the quote, you know, is it so bad for somebody to want me, to need me? And then the compromise comes. And we know the story. And this is another s- couple of scriptures, I think, that will help us to narrow down what it is that we're looking at. So let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled. For God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. But because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. See, God is, he's designed it a specific way. And like I said, today's message is really to encourage you to wait, if you're waiting, to have hope in situations where you may have blown it. And to also reinforce the relationships that God has already established in marriage. And that you can trust that the one that God has given to you is a gift. And that they're precious. Not just to God, but you chose them for a reason. Somewhere along the way, you found something amazing in this person. But we all know that life happens. Right? We get to know people, and, you know, just like Mark shared uh, last week, you know, when, about him and Terry, you know, it's like, man, you thought that? Yes. And you thought that. And we get into situations also then that, that could make us disillusioned, and we could be tempted to fulfill our need somewhere else because the battle at home has gotten so rough. 
But I'm here to tell you that it doesn't, that's not God's design. It's not God's plan for your home. It's not God's plan for your marriage or for any relationship. See this, again, you know, I just want to reinforce, it's about us establishing a proper walk with God in our heart first. This also doubles down on what Mark shared last week, you know, about uh, being unequally yoked. Because if we sacrifice something in the pursuit of our own selfish love, then we're actually deeming that other person not as valuable or not as precious as God has deemed them. See, we want to treat each other in such a way or in the exact way that God treats them. And that relationship is powerful when we let it come in and cleanse us. See, much of the time, it's just pride that stands in the way. You know, we stand there going, you know, I I know I need to change, but there might be things that I won't do or I won't say or I'm scared to say. See, many times also we don't think that uh, fear is related to pride, but it is. Fear is actually on the same uh, coin as pride. It's just on the other side of it because we fear losing something. We fear uh, exposure. We fear that something is going, bad is going to happen. Pride just says, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that nobody knows about this or that nothing bad is going to happen. So in God's design, you're thinking, okay, Chris, you're talking all this negative stuff. Where's, where's the meat? Where's the hope? Where's the, the good stuff that we can look forward to? Well, let's go to our next scripture. This is out of Proverbs uh, chapter 5, verses 18 through 20. Let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. She is a loving deer, a graceful doe. Let her breasts satisfy you always. Wow. The Bible, yep, yeah, it said it. It's right there. <laughs> May you always be captivated by her love. Why be captivated, my son, by an immoral woman or fondle the breasts of a promiscuous woman? Who is God holding responsible here? Men. Amen? But what else do you see here? You see a relationship. We just covered the scripture before. We see the relationship between Christ and his church. The man is to take care of the woman. It's what they're designed for. It doesn't make them less than. It doesn't make them unequal. In fact, it makes them more precious in the way that we treat them. Men, soon to be men, this is how you treat a woman. You find somebody, not that you're just physically attracted to, not that you are just wowed about because they give you the time of day. You do it because you've been in relationship with God God is showing you that this person is amazing and you begin to see them as precious 
in the eyes of God, and then you begin to see their preciousness specifically through your eyes. And when that preciousness comes through, you will never want to violate this woman. You will never want to break her heart. You will never want to go back to that slide and make her heart look like a pincushion. Amen? Because now we're building something in the way that God has designed it. And there, was, there is another verse. I, I don't know if I put it up here or in any of this at all. But what it says in a nutshell is that men, we are to love our wives. And wives, you are to respect your husband. Why is that? Why didn't it say love for the wives? Anybody guess? It's simple. It's what drives each one of us on both sides of the equation. When you think of us as men, like I said, we're task-oriented. We're the, the aggressor. You know, we're the ones that are, we're moving, we're the movers and shakers, right? So, what drives us and gives us comfort is respect. So when we're being respected, we love. But also, on the other side, what drives a woman? It's the need to be loved, to be appreciated, to be understood, to be comforted, to have security. So men, when we give love, we get respect. And that's how relationships Move forward. It's love, respect, love, respect, love, respect. And through this process, we grow. We draw closer, and that's part of that triangle that Mark was talking about last week, that as we draw closer to God, we understand these concepts in a greater way, and we can become the body of Christ in such a way that we honor him, as it says in the word. Amen? So let's go to uh, our next set of scriptures, which is actually taken right out of uh, 1 Corinthians. We all know this. These are scriptures that are very familiar to us. We, you know, we can see the, uh, the value of each one of these. But now I want you to put these verses into context about what we're talking about here today. So if we see that love is patient and love is kind but we are willing to be impatient and do something we shouldn't do to get it, then that's not love. What do we call that? Lust. When we lust after something, we're willing to take all the risks to get what we want. We'll pay the price, right? And what happens if it's not love and it's lust? We get jealous. We boast about it, you know. Think about back in high school. Oh, yeah, I'm dating so-and-so. You know, it's like, I got this person, and they are, you know, we go, that's boastful. But in the wrong context. And it won't demand its own way. This one really jumped off the page to me because... Here's what we deal with sometimes uh, in, like I said, in the, in the secret dark places. When boy meets girl, 
sometimes they demand their way. If you don't, if you don't satisfy me, I'm not going to love you. Or if you love me, you'll satisfy me. Young ladies, don't fall for it. You run from that. The Bible says flee from immorality. If that's what you were looking for, they just gave you the biggest red flag ever. And you need to run. Keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. It never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. So again, think about these verses in relation to the love that we have for one another in a proper God-designed relationship. Amen? Amen. So what does it mean for us? As we close, we are first called to confess our sin. And then we release our hurt and our shame to Jesus. And then we open up to someone who you trust and help you walk in freedom. This is also, you know, our home groups, our, our life groups. You know, we can minister to one another. That's why we, we want to draw closer to each other within these groups because this is where we get to know what's going on. But, and here we got to be careful too. This is why we draw close so that the people that are in your life group can trust you. And when they begin to trust you, then they can open up to you and they can then begin to disclose things that they may not have felt comfortable disclosing before. Because trust me, if they're in your life group, they're there for a reason. God has placed them there. God has positioned them in a place that they can be healed and that they can find hope and they can find purpose for their relationships and for their life. So the reason that we're kind of discussing this today, and I know it's a very sensitive subject, trust me, I'm, even for myself, I'm having to, having to be very careful what I share because we don't talk about this. This is the last thing that we want a cell group to, to, you know, or a life group discussion to turn into. And that's really not even what our goal is. But our goal is for that life group to nurture, to create an atmosphere of trust so that person that is going through any of this stuff has somebody to talk to, that they know they're not going to get judged for what they've been through or what they're going through or what they're even currently doing. But see, God grabs a hold of our heartstrings a little bit at a time. And if, they're tug- if God is tugging on that heartstring and they're sitting in your life group, they, they need to trust each one of you. It's not just up to the leader. It's to each one of us that are in a life group. We provide that atmosphere. We give that relationship that purpose in order for, for God to do his work and bring healing to relationships that desperately need it. And of course, we have to learn how to love selflessly, not selfishly. We learn how to sacrifice for one another instead of making others sacrifice for us. We learn how to give to one another without demanding anything in return. 
a relationship built on selfless love is going to go much farther and be much more honest and be much more open than any other relationship that you could, uh, that you could have. Because in these relationships, then it is obvious to each other, our first, our intentions, second, the condition of our own heart, and third, whether or not we can feel secure and trust the other person that we are with. Because, face it, these relationships are so valuable to God because why? Some of them are intended, or all of them, are intended to be lifelong. But because of our own foolishness, we end up getting hurt, and then who do we blame? We end up blaming God. Why did you let this happen? When it was simply us that refused to follow what God had given in his word for us to do. And obviously, trust in God for, with your love life. Trust God with your love life. This is probably one of the, the hardest things for us to do. But a little, you know, testimony from my part. When I first got, well, I don't want to say first. Say, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder when I actually got saved. But <laughs> I first came to know the Lord back in 1986. But it wasn't until 1999 that I actually began to obey him. Yeah, do the math. But the one thing that... I can tell you was the biggest change for me was there was restraint. Trust me. I mean, I was single at the time, okay? And uh, I was actually stationed in Korea. And I joined a, uh, I don't want to say joined. It was, they had, uh, what was it called again? Because um, I got our church name stuck in my head, but it wasn't. It was Sunlight Inn. That's what it was. And it was on base, and it was a place that it was specifically there for military members to come and have fellowship with other believers. And of course, you know, I'm single. I just gave my life back to God. What am I doing? I'm scanning, right? I'm like, who would be the lucky one for me? Right? But what I began to now sense in my heart was God was like, whoa, whoa, we just got started with you, okay? I, I don't need you to go ruin somebody else's life because you got all these issues. What issues? I don't got no issues. I got needs. Come on, God. Don't you know I got needs? It's like, oh. <laughs> How, it's like, well, why do we ask questions to God? You know, like we're going to teach him something. <laughs> so these breaks that God put on in my life, you know, I began to appreciate them. Amen? Because even though I may have somebody like, oh, they're, yeah, I can, okay. Um, you know, I could see myself, yeah, yeah, this one. And, but how many of us understand that what we want isn't always what we get? So, like, I also, you know, God kept redirecting me back to, uh, no, 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 back to my word. Back to, uh, we got a program here, Chris. We, 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 I, got a, I got a plan for you. 
I got a path for you. I got a design for you. Amen? Don't fall off this path, Chris, because if you fall off the path, you'll get disillusioned. You'll get distracted. The time frame will grow, and you won't be able to fulfill. You may never fulfill your destiny if you do what you want to do, what you're thinking about doing. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because trust me, even at that place in time, I knew it was wrong, you know, for those things. But were those thoughts in my head? Yeah. Do you think I could have easily have compromised? Yeah. I could have. Praise God, I didn't. But this is also not to condemn anybody out here who has. This is to show you today that there's a, 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 there's a way to get back on the path. God has a design for you. God has a plan for you. He's got a purpose for you. The purpose is not for you to be in pain. The purpose is not for you to be in a relationship that all, is all about me. It's not about the things that you thought they were about. It's about surrendering to God and allowing him to arrest your heart. And to pull you out of this darkness. And along the way, there's going to be, there's going to be challenges. Why? Because we carry this flesh. I don't know. I could just call it this because I don't understand all of it either. Because our flesh is not just our skin, our body. But it's our thoughts, our intentions, our attitudes. Things that we've taken in and we've become a person of. It's our personality. But God wants to come in, shake it up, begin to allow stuff to come to the surface so he can take it out of the way. And that's why through the process, things can seem ugly. But trust me, with God, all things are possible. Amen? So what's the final issue What is the real issue when it comes to dealing with the subject of sex in the church? One word, I think when I say it, everybody's going to understand how the implication of this word really affects every one of us. And it's shame. God's word was not designed to shame you. It was designed to convict you. It was designed to bring proper guilt, not worldly sorrow, but godly sorrow. Shame was something that Jesus dealt with on the cross. We know this because in the Gospels, it says despising the shame, he went to the cross. Amen? Shame is not your problem. The devil wants you to believe, the enemy wants you to believe that shame is the thing that you have to deal with. And it is not. God wants you to walk unashamed. He wants you to walk in repentance. He wants you to bring it to the light and trust him that he is not. And I'm going to say this very pointedly. He is not going to condemn you if you bring it to him. He will not. Say it with me. God will not condemn me if I 
bring my sin to him. He's promised it. It's part of his word to you. It's a promise that he will not condemn you. The problem is, is the enemy has kept us uh, or tempted us to keep it in the dark, to keep it hidden because we fear the shame. But what did God say? Do not fear. Do not fear the enemy. But fear him who is able to put both body and soul in hell. That's who we bring it to. And trust me, it's not going to be what you think it's going to be. The shame is going to be wiped away. So if we go to our next verse, this is the goal that God has for you. Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. This is right out of the book of Genesis. This is before the fall. But Jesus said that he is going to restore our relationship back, but it's going to be better than it was before. So the power that he has given to us in the church today is that this is what we can have through Christ in the relationships that he has ordained, in the relationships that he has deemed as being appropriate. And that is a marriage between one man and one woman. Why is that? Because we just read the scripture earlier, because it is a picture of Christ and the church. And it's where these things are grown and worked out, and that is why it is considered part of the basis, or the, here, I'm making up my own words now. (laughs) Not the basis. It's the foundation of what we have been built on in Christ. It is a design. It's back on this path. This is the path that God has designed for each one of us. Now, does that mean that everybody in this room is designed to be married? No, because as Paul declared for himself, some God has given the gift of being single. Amen? And it's in this singleness, and trust me, I went through 17 years of singleness thinking, God, was this the gift you gave to me? (laughs) because it didn't feel like a gift. (laughs) It felt like a curse. Okay? But that leads me into my last little testimony that I want to give because I have a wonderful, beautiful, amazing, precious wife. Proverbs 31 says that a man who finds a wife finds favor from God. And I just want to share with you real quick, and I do have her permission. On our wedding night, there was a revelation that both of us had. We felt no shame. We felt clean. We felt pure. And it was beautiful. It was precious. Did either one of us come into that relationship pure? Of ourselves, yes. Okay, I just want to get that out there. But we've had previous relationships. 
we've had previous issues that left our heart like the one on the right on that one slide. And sometimes you don't know what to expect and you don't know what is next. And sometimes we, we deal out of fear knowing that I don't want to risk all that. I don't want to put myself out there just hoping that something good is going to come. But I'm here to tell you today, if you give yourself to God, if you give yourself to his plan and his path for you, no matter whether it is singlehood or whether it is in marriage, the design that he has for you is specifically made for you. Not the person next to you, so don't look at them. It's not for your idol, do not look at them. It may not even be for the person that you are attracted to and not yet married to. It's not for them. It first starts with you and knowing how much God loves you. And when you begin to know how much God loves you, you can begin to love others in the same way. Do not go into a relationship where you still haven't learned how to love yourself or love others or know that you are powerfully loved by God himself. And trust me, that you will be able to do everything that God has called you to do if you simply allow him to take over your love life. Amen? I don't know. Do I have one more? I don't know. Yes, I got one more slide. This is the last one. This is the last verse that I want you to walk out of here today with. This is how we do it. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding the shame. Amen? Amen. Amen. So for our keyboardists, you can go ahead and come on up. So I know today's subject was a little dicey. I know it was a little, you know, straightforward in some areas and to the point in others. And, you know, excuse me if I stumbled in some areas because even I'm not comfortable about talking about a lot of this, you know, uh, in front of such a large group. It's still a little, eh, for me, but God is good. And I pray that you were blessed today uh, by his word. But I also want to give you guys the opportunity. So if everybody would just bow their heads, close their eyes. Father, I just want to bring before you your people today. And I pray that they find you in the midst of their struggles. I pray that they have found that if there's shame in their heart, Lord God, that they do not have to fear your judgment. That in fact, today, you might be calling them out of the darkness and into the light. And the reason that you want to bring them into the light, Father God, is so that you can remove the things in their lives that have been causing them pain. The wrong actions, the wrong attitudes, the wrong things that they have allowed themselves to believe in or to engage in, Father. And that they're going to find 
a greater purpose in you and that the design that you have for them specifically will be just what they need from you, Father. So if there's any in this house today that these words are reverberating in your heart, reverberating in your mind, I don't need you to raise your hand. I don't need you to look at me. I just need you to pray with me. Father God, thank you for not judging me for my past or even for my present. I thank you that you have provided a way for me to receive your love and your grace and your forgiveness. Father, forgive me for what I have done. Forgive me for the path that I have chosen and the things that I hoped would work out that were outside of your boundaries. Father, forgive me for believing that they were going to bring me peace and they were going to give me hope. But instead, they only brought pain and they only brought things that I would ever regret. And Father, today, I want you to wipe my slate clean. I want to start over. I want to start fresh with you. And I know just by today's word, by today's scripture and the word that you have given to me, Father, that I can trust you with my love life. And I want you to be the one to pick my husband or my wife. And if your life, if your purpose for my life is for me to be single, then Father, I know that you're going to make me happy with that. I know that will be the one thing that I will be so joyful to, to do because you have put it in my heart. And Father, I contend this day to get with somebody else and to have them pray with me for me to be able to share how I've been touched today and allow you to begin a new process in my life, being honest, being open, and allowing the body of Christ to love me. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And of course, I don't want to forget the, uh, the most important group is for those that may have not given their life to Christ. Maybe their life has been just like this. They don't even understand, or you guys, or you don't understand that those things in the past were designed to ensnare you. And you had no idea that God had an actual plan for you. That you're now beginning to see that through God's love, you can have the deeper parts and the wounds in your heart satisfied by him and him alone. And through that process, yes, your goal might be met later down the road, but the first part of this goal is for you to know Christ. So if that's you, then yes. I want you to go ahead and raise your hand so that you can know Jesus more, so that you can give your life to him and he can begin that new walk with him in order for him to bring that purpose and the fulfillment and that desire into your heart. So if every eye is remaining closed and every head is still bowed, if that's you, 
then just go ahead and slip up your hand and I will pray with you. Amen. See that hand. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, I just come before you now and I give you my life. I understand that you died for me on the cross and that your purpose for me was written long before the earth was even created. And for that purpose, God, I want to give you my life and I want to repent of my sin. And I ask you to come into my heart today and I give you my life. I give you my authority. I give you my purpose. I give you my love life. I give you everything, God, so that I can begin to have the relationship with you that I need to set me free. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.